Hello and welcome back to The Daily Royal, a podcast covering the daily events of all the European royal families. Today, we're going to be talking about all of the events from Thursday, November 12th of 2020. Um, It is about 9 p.m. as I'm recording this. I will publish it as soon as I am done. Um, And then I'm hoping in the morning to record the Friday episode. Um, So that'll be out Friday. Um, But this Thursday um, was a big day. So we're gonna make that a whole episode of itself um, and then do a Friday episode. Basically, we're doing everything normal, just in a condensed form. So I'm putting out two episodes today, um, an episode tomorrow, which is kind of normal, and then I'll be back on track. Um, And I'm also catching up on Instagram and thedailyroyal.com and all of that kind of throughout the day. Um, Okay, so with that, we are going to go ahead and move on to Belgium. Belgium, King Philippe held a video call with eight experts that are focused on um, digital trends, so specifically focused on education, healthcare, labor markets, etc., all of which have been, of course, in COVID times, um, a big part of, you know, this transition to a digital era, Um, which, of course, we were already living in, but it's been amplified, of course, with COVID and having to do everything virtually. Um, So he spent his day... I'm sorry, my dog just bit my thumbnail, and it kind of hurt, but she didn't mean to, so it's like I can't scold her, um, but it hurt. So, um, you know, look, she hasn't barked the whole time. It's been great. (sighs) However, now my thumb hurts. Um... But anyway, that was like the focus on the conversation, Um, but also there was a focus on um, how digitization and like these digital conversations that we're all having right now um, and the digital platforms that we all have to use due to COVID um, has really put an emphasis on digitization leading to social inequality. So, right, I mean, not everyone has access to the internet or quality computers or even computers in general, but specifically quality computers um, that they can have these Zoom conversations with and be a part of the community that way. Um, And so it's leading to, one, this inequality, but also like an isolation Um, Because if you don't have a computer to talk with people using the digital means of communication that we all are using right now, then what are you, what are you doing? Um, You're not, you're isolated. I mean, you're not having any kind of social interaction more than likely if you're stuck at home without the digital tools you need. Um... And so that was a big focus on the conversation as well. And I have to say, that's something like 
I've honestly not thought about until today. So we've been doing this for how long? And this is the first time I thought about people who don't have access to computers or internet or, you know, these digital means of communication and you're in a country that's taking COVID seriously and you're a person who takes COVID seriously, but like, what do you do? I mean, you're just all alone and isolated in that moment. I don't, just, it's heartbreaking. Um, And so, of course, it's leading to conversations about how to help this and how to fix this and how to be a part of the greater conversation around social inequality, um, which is, of course, important and it's, you know, brought attention to it. Um, You know, I'm thinking, like, what are options out there for people who don't have this access? Um, And so that's something, like, that I've now thought about and other people will think about, too. Um, So that was, you know, that's important and that's the whole point. Um, So, yeah, that's... That's what was going on with the Belgian royal family um, today, or technically it was Thursday. Um, Yep, the dog just shook. Sorry, not sure if you heard that. Um, But anyway, that's what was going on in Belgium. And now we are going to go ahead and move on to the UK. So in the UK, um, there were actually no public engagements. Um, But one thing that happened is that it was officially announced the dates um, and the beginning stages of planning for the Queen's Platinum Jubilee which will be held in 2022. Um, So she'll be 96 when this happens. Um, But they announced the dates. Um, They added a bank holiday. Um, So it'll be a four-day weekend starting on Thursday, June 2nd. Um, And the celebrations will end on June 5th, which is Sunday of 2022. Um, and this is all to mark Queen Elizabeth's 70th, 70th anniversary on the throne. So I had a hard time seeing this yesterday, um, and I'm having a hard time talking about it because it feels a lot like tempting fate. Now, I don't consider myself a superstitious person, but like this... I'm superstitious about. Um, I was hoping they would never really announce it. I knew it was coming. Um, I, of course, was... I was watching the Royals in 2012 when she celebrated her Diamond Jubilee, which is 60 years. Um, And so, like, I knew that this was kind of upcoming. Um, 
and that it was expected to happen. However, I want to point out that Queen Elizabeth is 94 and will be 96 when this happens. Now, I completely expect her to live. Completely. Like, 100%. I expect that. I just have some feelings about planning too far ahead. Um, but like I mentioned, this was just announced yesterday that this would be happening, that celebrations would be um, being planned. Uh, the parliament and such are looking into gifts right now to give Her Majesty on behalf of the government. Um, it's a really weird thing. And I am very excited to see how it plays out. Um, I loved the celebrations for her 60th. Um, it also was just a really interesting time because London was celebrating that. They had just kind of gotten off the high of uh, Will and Kate's wedding the year before. And then in 2012, it was uh, Queen Elizabeth's Diamond Jubilee as well as the 2012 Summer Olympics, which were held in London. So, like, the whole um, country was just kind of, like, a buzz for a year, and it was lovely. Um, and, of course, the idea here is that, one, this will be able to happen in a post-COVID world, um, but post-COVID will be so new still that I think it'll be almost as enjoyable as it was in 2012 because like there aren't going to be a lot of world coming together events not that a jubilee brings the whole world together but it'll at least bring the nation together in a way that um doesn't happen and in theory this will probably be her last jubilee celebration i feel like that's a like i don't want to say that but like 96 the next one she would be 106 like that just seems a little far-fetched um but maybe not i don't you know i don't know um but like it'll definitely be an event that there aren't going to be that many events you know right now the Summer Olympics that were supposed to be held this year um, are being held in 2021 in Tokyo. And I think that will kind of help heal the world a little bit because that is a time when literally the whole world comes together. However, um, <clears throat> Tokyo probably won't be bustling with tourists the way... An Olympics usually is just because COVID is still probably going to be a thing. Excuse me. Um, especially in terms of like traveling. Um, I don't know if people are going to be traveling. I don't know if people are going to be allowed to travel. Um, you know, I'm like, okay, by June or by July, August of next year, of 2021 we should probably have a vaccine but not necessarily like 
a widespread availability vaccine quite yet. Um, will people let Americans into their country? I, I don't. I don't know. That's a hard thing to guess on right now. Um, but anyway, like, I'm very excited about this Platinum Jubilee. Um, it's just an exciting thing to look forward to, even though it's two years, meh, a year and a half away. I think it, what, I think they said it was like 18 months away. Um, you know, it is a very exciting time. It'll be an exciting event. Um, and yeah, but it was a big deal that it was, of course, announced yesterday. Um, so that's really all that was going on. The other thing in the court circular was that the Prince of Wales held a um, sustainable markets initiative meeting. So that, of course, happened. Um, and so with that, we are now going to go ahead and move on to Denmark. <laughs> Moving right on into Denmark, uh, Crown Princess Mary attended the Danish National Center for Grief's 20th anniversary conference. Um, so this is an organization that she is patron of. Um, and so during the event, she gave a speech that um, was really emotional. Um, she got very emotional, which, like, she doesn't do too often, um, more so than some other, like, royals out there, but definitely not a ton. Um, and so the thing is, and I've, I'm sure I've mentioned this before, but as a child, Mary, Mary's mother passed away. Um, I think Mary was, like, between nine and 13. Um, I don't know the exact age off the top of my head. Um, but her mother passed away. Um, and of course that's something that people struggle with through their entire life. If they lose a parent early on, um, and so during this speech Mary gave, um, she, she teared up quite a bit. Um, she had to take a minute to compose herself, to keep going. Um, and she today wrote a little Facebook post about it, talking about how it wasn't necessarily based, like, in her memory, which of course it was a little bit, um, but it was more so that she was in a room of people who all had this shared experience um, that, like, overcame her. Um, and I just think, like, one, what a position to be in. Um, two, I... I have a hard time explaining this, 
But like, I am a person, yes, I love kind of the mystery behind what a royal is and like what their day-to-day lives are like. Um, But also, I find myself going, yeah, but they're real people who have real lived experiences, Um, especially people who have married into royal families. Like, they had whole lives before they got married, most of them, um, especially of this generation. And, like, this is something that shows off that, like, real-lifeness. Um, which is a part of a royal family that I kind of love. I think that's like the social worker um, sociologist in me. Like I'm not a sociologist, but I love sociology and like how people, why people are the way they are. Like I love that. Um, And also just like the way they connect in their community, which is the social worker part of me. Um... And, like, I just think that this is an example of, like, they're people who have really bizarre jobs with really important traditions in their families. And I think this highlights that better than a lot of other things. Um, You know, this shared experience of everyone in that room had lost someone and have dealt with grief um, in a very specific way. Um, And I am so glad that I can't imagine that grief. I mean, I have a living parent. I... I was raised in a single-parent household, so um, my parent, the person who raised me, my mom, is still, you know, she's alive and fine and um, all of that good stuff. And so, like, I'm so thankful that I haven't had to experience that. Um, But it was really just interesting to see um, that emotion Also, like, again, I've mentioned that there are some things happening kind of in my private life that I want to keep private, but, like, yesterday when all of this was happening was a very hard day for me um, to kind of be just kind of uh, dealing with what's going on behind the scenes in my life. And this just put things in perspective a little bit. Not that that's what it was meant to do. Like, this certainly has nothing to do with me. But it also made me realize, like, okay, yes, what I'm dealing with, what I'm going through is stressful. And, like, I validate that. But also, like, I am so grateful that even though I'm dealing with stress and anxiety, I'm not dealing with grief. Um on a massive scale, on a, on a personal scale, on a massive scale, I'm grieving a lot, but like, you know, because COVID is really hard and you're having grief for things that aren't normal and all of that, but like, I'm not, I haven't lost anybody. Um, so it was just like something that was really important and really struck a chord with me. And like, I love that, you know, I am recording this a day late, 
but I love that in doing so I'm able to talk about the fact that like Mary wrote about it herself on Facebook like yeah um I got emotional and I want to explain why um and it was just like I loved that so that's what was going on in Denmark and now we are going to move on to the Netherlands jaunt into the Netherlands. Um, actually, it's not a quick jaunt. There was a lot happening in the Netherlands um, today. So we're just going to kind of go down the line. If there are any like explanations that I need to do, I'll do them. But there aren't any like anecdotes from any of this because it was all virtual. Um, so first, King Willem Alexander held a video call with representatives from the economic and education sector um, in Carousel which is part of the Caribbean, part of the Netherlands, um, part of that kingdom. Um, so I've mentioned this, but I'll mention it again. Um, the Netherlands is, of course, like... The Netherlands, which I always think is called another country, but it's not. Um, and then Carousel, St. Martin, and something else. I don't remember what else, um, but that's also part of the kingdom of the Netherlands. Um, okay, so they talked about the consequences of the COVID-19 outbreak. Um, next, Willem Alexander held a video conference with three initiatives um, that have been supported by the Orange Foundation, um, which Willem Alexander and Queen Maxima are both patron of. Um, and these organizations are ones um, that have similar missions, um, and they spoke specifically about, like, what their organization has done during the pandemic to um, really focus on, like, the adaptability to the pandemic and um, still providing the services and organizational needs um, while adapting to living in a pandemic. Um, you know, we're kind of to the point that, like, things are, we've almost settled into this new normal. Of course, it's scary and it's hard, but, like, I'm getting used to wearing a mask every day. Um, I will say being in a medical center all day on Wednesday with a mask on for 12 plus hours was a bit hard, but like, of course that's what we're doing. Um, like I'm used to staying home. I'm used to picking up my groceries instead of going into the grocery store. Like I'm, I'm used to it. Um, you know, I don't, aside from work, I don't leave my house. Um, I do have something coming up on Sunday that I am very nervous about, but it's a family thing and I'll go, um, I'll be extra cautious, double masks and everything. Um, just, you know, we all make adjustments. Um, but so they were talking about how like these organizations have made adjustments. Um, so that's what King Willem Alexander had going on. 
And then Queen Maxima had a couple of engagements as well. Um, so she gave a speech as part of the digital ASEAN Women's Leaders Sum Women Leader Summit, um, which was hosted in Vietnam this year. Um, and it was all based on her work as the UN Secretary General Special Advocate for for development and financial inclusion. That is the first time that I have gotten that right. Almost on the first try. I got tongue-tied a little bit, but that's the first time I've gotten that title right quickly. Um, so, of course, the focus was on um, financial inclusion and um, specifically in the pandemic and how that is all working there. Um, so that's what was going on with her work as... Uh, it's always shortened to UNSGSA, which isn't easier, but like kind of is. Um, and then she also spoke with employees of financial institutions um, about the training Helping with Money Business, um, which is part of the new initiative that was launched last month uh, on the way to debt free. Um, so this was the event held right before they went, right before they had their fall, their autumn break, um, where they tried to go to Greece, but then didn't. Um, well, they did, but then they came back right away. Um, and it was all about, like, creating a debt-free Netherlands, consumer debt, etc. Um, so this was part of that organization, uh, or that initiative, rather. Um, and so that's what was going on in the Netherlands. I tried to make that as brief as possible because there were four events. Um, now we are going to jump right into Spain, but I do want to mention that in Norway, uh, King Harald and Crown Prince Akun held an audience with the foreign minister, um, but that's not really going to take up a whole segment. So we're just going to skip that and move right on to Spain. Alright, in Spain, we had a couple of audiences. Um, so Queen Letizia held two audiences at Zarzuela Palace. Um, first, she met with representatives of the Spanish Association of Publishers or Editors. The translation was a little confusing there. Of the Spanish... Uh, <laughs> okay, so Spanish Association of Publishers or Editors of Periodical Publications. Um... So that was the first one. And then the second one was um, a meeting with the audience, or a meeting with, oh boy, I'm getting tired. It's been a long day. Um, anyway, a meeting with the board of directors of the International Telephone Association of Hope, which is a crisis intervention line. Um, so this is a place where people can call to get crisis support. Um, meaning a mental health crisis. Um, so this is typically people who are having um, 
suicidal thoughts and ideations um, and want to receive help um, who are just in really tricky spots. Um, and this is a phone line for them to use. It's completely anonymous, staffed with trained people to help in situations like this. Um, again, anonymously and like very safely. Um, these crisis support lines are so, so important, um, especially in a world in which we're living with like really intense things. Um, you know, I talked about this a lot at the beginning of the pandemic, but like people are not meant to live this way. Um, I know we all are, but like, we're not supposed to. Um, and of course, a lot of us have found ways to like navigate it. Um, but there was that brief period of time where I switched jobs. Um, <laughs> didn't last very long, but anyway, um, where I switched jobs and I was home. Literally 100% of the time. I was home. I left once a week to go pick up groceries. I didn't even, like, go into the grocery store. Because that's not safe. That's not COVID safe. And so I didn't see other people except for my mother who lives... We live very close to each other. But I saw her maybe once a week. Um... Like, it was awful. Um, and that was the first time that I had really, like, stayed home 100% of the time alone. Aside from when I was sick with potentially COVID, but it, it turned out it wasn't COVID. But, like, that was really hard. But I was sick, so I didn't care because I was sick. So... And I made no secret that I was having a really hard time. Um, that time was really hard for me for a lot of reasons. But one of them is that I was alone all the time. And I was struggling with that. Um, and so like a crisis phone line, a crisis text line, any of these ways to get support for mental health are so crucial. Um, and I just think, like, that was a really important meeting. Um, and so with that, again, very brief, but we are going to go ahead and jump over now to Sweden, where there were, again, quite a good number of events. <laughs> So we are going to finish in Sweden where there were like four events, but only really one of them had um, a good amount of information shared about them. Um, so first, King Carl Gustav held probably an audience with the prime minister of Sweden, um, obviously. Um, and then he also held a video meeting with the Gastronomic Academy. There's lots of questions about that one, and I'm hoping they'll talk about it maybe next week or something so I can get my questions answered. But that one was kind of interesting. 
And then um, Crown Princess Victoria took part in the 2020 Volvo Entertainment Prize, which was, of course, because it's 2020, was held digitally this year. Um, and then the final event, so this actually happened kind of first, but it's the one thing that we have information on, um, is that Crown Princess Victoria and Prince Daniel attended the digital pep forum with Generation Pep. So they both took part. They both gave speeches. Um, or I think Victoria definitely gave a speech. Daniel seemed to like moderate something. Um, and this is an organization out of their, uh, Generation Pep is an organization out of their like Royal Foundation. Um, so this is something that they kind of do every year, but of course this year it was held much differently than it normally is because it's 2020 and that's how we do things. Um, so it was filmed, it looks like in a studio of some sort, like a film studio or a TV set or something like that. Um, and the focus was all on, you know, ways to be active, um, even during times of pandemic and all of that. Um, and yeah, that's what was going on in Sweden. There wasn't a whole ton of information, but like more than anything else, there was information on that. Um, and so with that, we are going to end today's episode. Like I said, I've been um, updating the Instagram and the dailyroyal.com pretty consistently. Um, so those will be ready to go. Um, I'm going to work on that now um, once I get this edited and posted. Um, and then... Hopefully tomorrow morning at some point, uh, depending on when you listen to this, hopefully tomorrow morning you will have um, the episode from today's events, November 13th. Uh, there weren't a ton, so it'll be a fairly short episode, but we'll um, talk about all of that. And hopefully you'll have it like uh, before noon Eastern tomorrow, which depending on where you live, um, it's New York time, so... Um, hopefully we'll get all of that done, but for now I will, um, talk to you in the next episode until then have a great rest of your evening, day, whatever time zone you're in. Um, and I will talk to you in the next episode. Bye.